Am I still doing the intro? No, you said me, right? Yes, you. Okay, well, you got to get that thing where it's like the pause before you actually do it. Um, it's amazing the dopamine hit that you get when you know you're about to start being recorded. It's just everything changes. Uh, sure. Yo, what is up? You have found me. <laughs> we like the Blazers. Happy birthday I, oh, to you. Whose birthday Happy is it? Happy birthday to That's very cute. You got you. me a gift, too. Can I can I take it through the screen? What's I didn't it? get you, I didn't get you a gift. I just really was looking for one of those noisemakers that I know the wife has. And the closest <laughs> thing I could come was a happy birthday bag. Oh. That kind of looks like a birthday sign. So it's that totally looks like a birthday sign. Well, no. it, I mean, it, it legit says happy birthday. So I, it's just, it's as close as I could come. But anyways, happy birthday. I had to cut you off with that. We're launching with that. Oh, that's really kind. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it. Uh, You're welcome. It is my birthday today. Actually, I'm 37. Uh, welcome to 37. The best age, second only to 38 which is second only to 39, but I am Brandon Goldner. And with me as always, it is your better host. It's the man, the myth, the legend, and the considerate friend, Ryan Whitland. Ryan, what's up, dude? Not much, not much. Anyways, uh, this is going to be the most awkward pivot to start a show, but uh, dun, 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 breaking news. Yeah, I just, really quick, we have a story from ESPN with allegations from many different Suns staff and people around the organization about racism and misogyny, particularly from the owner, Robert Sarver. We know that this story had been previewed before by CJ McCollum's former podcast co-host, Jordan Schultz. So a couple weeks ago, the Suns were like, nothing to see here. Now that the story is actually out. The NBA has responded to say they've hired a law firm to investigate that any sanctions that come as a result of this will be as a result of that investigation. So basically, the TLDR, if you haven't seen it yet on ESPN, the Suns suck, Sarver's a piece of shit, the end. I mean, that's it. I just wanted to hit that. That's all. So, Color me shocked and surprised. It was weird last week when they were putting out statements saying that there's an upcoming story that we vehemently deny. Like, And they hadn't even seen it yet. Exactly. And that was just strange enough as it was like they should have just held on to that until after the story broke, I guess. I don't know. It was all weird. I feel as though they drug more attention onto it than than they needed to themselves. So whatever. Sarver's a piece of shit. It's a guy who thought it was funny to have a goat go shit in his former GM's office. Color me shocked and surprised. Yeah, nobody is shocked or surprised. And, And one more thing about the response that the Suns had to it. It's interesting because it wasn't just that like people at the top of the organization were responding before the story came out, like you said, responding as individuals, but the team itself put out a statement again, without seeing the story. If I were to guess, I suspect that they didn't realize just how many different people were independently corroborating aspects of this story. Mm-hmm. I think that they didn't realize how big it was, but anyway, so we'll see what happens. It's interesting times. So there's your breaking news. All right. Now, strong pivot to uh, the happy news. So since uh, the Blazers right now are three and five going one and three in the midst of a three game losing streak, how that is, is that been, happy news that has them winless on the road since just our last recording. These, uh, these games included a one 92 revenge win over the Clippers, uh, a one 113 fourth quarter meltdown loss at the Hornets, a mind boggling one 113 loss to the Embiid Harris kind of Danny green and obviously Ben 
Simmons-less Sixers. Wow. Uh, that was also the game that brought us the uh, introduction to the four-guard lineup. We'll chat about that in a little bit. Uh, and a 107-104 loss where the comeback came up short against the Cavs just last night. Also, fun bit of news for any of the gambling degenerates. My stat holds the Blazers are winless when they win the tip. I hate that. It's a cursed stat. I've said it before. Why am I getting judged for it? I'm tracking it. And all it comes from is a joke that I had over two years, the last two years where when we'd win the tip, I would say, oh no, we win the tip. We suck again. You know, Ryan, it it's like so they say that it, it's playing out this way. It's like they say, shoot the messenger. So that's what's happening. It's a curse stat. You shouldn't have never kept track of it. Your Excel spreadsheet, you should burn it. Like well, your hey. external hard drive, throw it in the trash. Like, I don't want to see Evan, it anymore. Evan M's tracking it. And if the Blazers lose the turnover battle, they lose the game. Where's the, where's the pitchforks for him? I think it doesn't count. Cause he's too far out of the Portland Metro area. You're at least in the area. He's in new Orleans. He has like that geographic buffer. Okay. He's got like 20 times the following as me. Well, no. I'm just saying anyway. So freaking internet warriors. Actually, it's interesting. I know we're going to get to that is a large cup. My goodness. Uh, I usually 60 think ounces. This one is actually pretty large. It's a I think it's a 24 ounce working glass that you can get with the plastic lid. You can buy them at Fred Meyer. They're very cheap. That would that would be from the top. That would be this much of my cup right here. Is that water in there or is that everything? Oh God, I'd be on the floor at the end of this podcast. It's water. Fair enough. We're both drinking water. That's a rarity that we're both drinking water at the same time. Uh, it's usually uh, like I mean, anyway. this this was here. Oh, there you go. Okay. So Blazers <laughs> are cursed. Yeah. So I where do you want to start with this? Like I it's hard to get out of my mind the three losses, particularly because they were not against great teams and they were against shorthanded teams mostly. There's a lot to pick through. Is there anywhere you wanted to start? I mean well, the, the NBA's just it's I mentioned it last time and it's still kind of holding true. The NBA is just really fucking weird to start this season. I mean, if still you go yeah. and look at the standings, you know, the Knicks are the freaking Kings of the East. Basically they, they're just on a tear, you know? Um, I put out a joke that I absolutely got roasted for, but for everybody who wanted Ime Udoku to be the Blazers next head coach, it's not working out that well in Boston. Uh, you know, things are just a mess all over the place. So it's kind of hard to, get a grip on the fact of like, I, I think there was this reporting. I can't remember where I saw it. So, so loosely based reporting talking about how that in overall, a lot of these teams are struggling because of the mileage and the amount of play they've had to do over the last two years now, you know, at the restart of the bubble and how that was the quick turnaround in last season and how truncated that was. And that, you know, the NBA wanting to get back on its regular schedule, system this year for when they started that it's just, it's a lot of miles in a really short amount of time for these players. And that there could be something to just an, an overall fatigue that's setting in. And with the Blazers, it's, it's kind of hard because there's so many different factors. Now the bench is massively overhauled. We have a lot of different major players coming off the bench, obviously a new coach. It's super hard to pick, pick out what the factor is and, and what the biggest thing of this is. Are you talking about league wide or just for Portland league wide? And in regards to Portland, like, I mean, I, if, if this was just a Portland thing where you saw these random weird struggles and whatnot, I there's a, it'd be a lot easier to try to pinpoint all this, but seeing so much kind of, for lack of a better term, chaos throughout the league, it's, 
it's hard to go, okay, well, here's the Blazers problem when there could be a, this may just be a league wide problem for this year while everyone readjusts to a normal season for the first time in two years. I hear what you're saying. I tend to think that the narrative about the league wide stuff, that it's weird. I think that's a little bit overblown. Every season has its surprise teams, the teams that are doing really well or not doing so well. We do have a couple of rule changes that have changed maybe a little bit of how some players play. We do have a new basketball, which maybe that, but I honestly think that the league wide stuff is more just noise, like data noise that some teams are going to be good and some teams are going to be bad. I think with the Blazers. Oh yeah. Go uh, real quick. Like as you just the two things that you mentioned, it was, I I saw this story the other day and I took a note of it uh, or not the other day. I think I saw it last week, but it was mentioned about how a lot of people are talking about the rule changes resulting in less free throws. So that's hurting players scoring totals, Uh, you know, and the ball change has obviously made a huge, a bit of a huge impact. I think Paul George was talking about the fact that the, the ball feels new as opposed to the old ball actually George, felt like a oh little worn in. Anyway, I'm going to know I'm interrupting you really quick. Paul okay, George, okay. the biggest whiner on the face of the planet. He statistically is doing quite well this season and he's still complaining. Unbelievable. Well, I think he's just pointing out. I mean, cause you see it in football too. I mean, like there was a whole big thing where now teams travel with their own footballs so that their quarterbacks can work and grease the footballs up per se, or Tom Brady deflate them. Uh, RIP Tom Brady. I miss I, you. I, Anyways, yeah, I don't know, but, but like to get them to a point that you like them. I mean, that's a whole big thing in baseball too, where they just went through the spider tech issue. So there is something to the fact of how you handle the ball of your sport does affect it. But anyways, out of the last, out of all of last year's all-stars that have attempted a three this season at the time that this story was, was uh, reported, it was 17 of 22 are shooting under 34% from three a massive drop-off. So there are things where you do see these league wide trends that's fair. All right. Fair. Maybe I'm wrong. Hey, I, I just, I tend to think that with so early in the season still, and especially with three point shooting, which takes, you know, 25 games, I think it was, um, it takes about 25 games to get a statistically significant sample. Uh, some stats don't take that long. Things like pace, how quickly a team plays. That only takes like four mm-hmm. games. So a three point shooting in particular, that stuff tends to be very shaky at the beginning. So I don't know, but let's do focus on the blazers. And I always like to start with what recently happened. The things that just happened or the things that are in my mind. I'm basically a squirrel with the brain, the size of a walnut. I can't remember past what happened yesterday. So let's talk about a little bit. If that's where you want to go. I don't know where I'm well, going with this. I don't have the notes I, in front of me. <laughs> let's let, let's start with the Clippers game. Cause All I right. call, I call this the revenge trap game because we were through the roof last year when the undermanned blazers wandered in and our bench unit just beat the absolute crap out of the 76ers. And there was a, you know, everyone was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. The win of the season when the blazers walked into Philly and absolutely bitch slapped them and ants and everybody else were just riding high. Well, come into this and we're playing a 76ers team that, as I said, without Joel Embiid, uh, uh, with uh, Tobias Harris was a late scratch for uh, the health and safety protocols. Uh, Danny green went out super early in the game with a, a, a quad issue, I believe. And then obviously Ben Simmons is, I think they listed him out for mental health rest. Um, but we all know what he's going through. No, no need to get up on that, but the Blazers got bitch slapped by an undermanned team. And so far, I want to say that that is probably the most concerning loss because there just didn't seem to be any effort there. 
Yeah, anytime you're playing a team that's missing players, it has that trap gamey kind of vibe to it where it's like maybe you're overlooking the team because they don't have as much talent as usual. But it is concerning because I would say this, like for as much as I remain somewhat optimistic, even as the Blazers have been stumbling lately, I do remain somewhat optimistic. I'm waiting to draw any concrete conclusions. I also think that even with a new coach, even with a new system, even with Damian Lillard being asked to do things that he's not used to doing, you should be able to take care of business against teams that don't have the talent to run with you. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I love you, Seth Curry. We should never have let you go in the first place. I know he's having a career year yet he again. Didn't wanna, he didn't want to stay. There's nothing we could have done to keep him. I promise I you that. mean, I don't all, miss him, but all, like, I, yes, I miss him too. But all the reporting around that of like the Blazers should have kept him. The Blazers weren't going to keep him. He was pissed off and he didn't want to be here. And you notice he's not in Dallas anymore either. So anyway, but exactly. But, and, okay. He popped off. Great. But yeah, that one was pretty concerning to me too. And it's not just that they're losing. It's how they're losing. So I want to now bring stats into my emotional kind of gut feely about this. I think I told you maybe it was before. No, no, it was after the last pod. So I haven't said it yet. I got a subscription to cleaning the glass. Great site. Get some advanced statistics. Ben Falk does wonderful work. Um, Paid for a subscription to that. You can see some detailed breakdowns of statistics, both of players and of teams and the Blazers right now. Ryan, the Blazers, their defense is not very good. They are second to last in opponent field goal percentage. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, as I'm stalling for time here, they are 27th in opponent three-point percentage. That's really bad. And I believe that they're also, as I'm stalling for time, 25th in the number of three-pointers allowed. So the Blazers, it's their defense doesn't look good. Like what's their overall defensive ranking. So uh, interesting that you say that. So again, opponent effective field goal percentage. If you want to use that metric, they're 28th. There is no single catch all defensive metric on this site, which is something I actually emailed Ben Falk about. He asked for feedback. Hey, you subscribe. Give me some feedback. You have any questions for me? And I said, Hey, do you have a catch all statistic for defense? But they have things like opponent effective field goal percentage, how they shoot from three, how often they shoot from three rebounds, stuff like that. The Blazers are giving up threes like crazy and they're allowing their opponents to shoot really well from all over the floor. That's a bad defense. Anytime you're talking about 28th, 27th, that's literally bottom 10%. And for a rookie coach who doesn't have any experience as a head coach in the NBA, literally the only two things he preached were like, oh, okay, three, but defense and accountability and then like more creative offense. But really it's like, oh, Coach Phillips is hanging his hat on defense. And so the loss to the Sixers was, again, it's very, very disappointing. It's not just that they're losing, it's how they're losing. After a pretty promising start defensively, the Blazers now find themselves in the very, very bottom of the league. And by the way, not only that, but some of their defensive metrics, Ryan, this is going to blow you away. Some of their defensive metrics are worse now compared to other teams in the league than at any point since the early 2000s. So this mm-hmm. is like some of their defensive metrics are worse than under Coach Stotts. That's bad. I know it's early. I know, but it's still really bad. So yeah, I'm now I'm getting all fired up about it. But yeah, it's a little bit disappointing. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. The the biggest thing for me right now, with, uh, I, I'm trying to as I'm sitting here trying to look up the uh, the actual overall team ranking here. But the the biggest thing for me, as far as the new or this new defense and whatnot goes, oh come on, where the haha? Uh, my previous site was right. Blazers are ranked 19th overall. 
But okay, what makes up that catch-all metric, right? So like, what is that including? Sometimes it includes rebounds or not. Sometimes it includes forced turnovers or not. So I let me put it this way. The amount that the Blazers are giving up from three, both in accuracy and frequency, and the amount that they're giving up overall, how much they're letting their opponents make their shots, bottom 10% in the league. That's a pretty important part of your defense. I'm imagining that maybe some of that is made up on the other end with rebounding and stuff, which is great. I mean, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But just saying, like, that's really, really bad. Yeah. But the the thing for me and like talking about how many threes they're giving up, it's all corner threes. It's, it's, you see a lot. Okay, fine. It's not all corner threes. Sorry. My bad. Actually um, funny that you say that uh, 26th in corner threes given up and 26th in non corner threes given up. Boom. Cleaning the glass. Thank you, Ben Falk. So it's both. It's, it's, need, it's all need, threes. It's all of them. I need, I need more specifics. Non-corner threes, great. So oh, that's a stupid stat. Anyways, wait a minute. Hold on. That's a, that's that's he, stupid. It, no, it's Fake split. News. It's split. It's split. Right. It's like it's all three pointers, and then the subset of that are either in the corner or not in the corner. So Give me the quantitative. Okay, fine. We're gonna go deep dive nerd with nerd analysis on this because you're proud of your subscription. That's Give right. me the quantitative numbers. How many corner threes have the Blazers given up this season? compared to all other three pointers. Don't just give me the ranking for it, but how many corner threes have they given up? <laughs> so, okay. It comes with two because, things. Because comes with- you can, you can be ranked 26, but like if you're ranked 26 and you've given up significantly more corner threes, like th- yeah. there's a volume number here, not just a ranking number to, to play off of my eye test from watching is always that no matter what the bailout shooters that I am seeing nine times out of 10 is the blazers. Their closeouts to the corner suck, especially Damon CJ. CJ is still notorious for doing is I'm going to run by and jump. I'm not even going to necessarily contest. I'm going to look like you didn't give me a high five when I run past you. Dame and Nurk drive me insane because when they close out on shooters, they have their arm out straight. They're not trying to put a hand in the face of the shooter or anything. They're just, it's like they're reaching out to try, try to tap his wrist or something like that. There's not a strong contest. And the biggest the Blazers are, are being very committed to their to their point of attack defense, but it's where it breaks down is like two to three passes. And I think Chauncey Billups came out a little bit ago and he, and in an article or an interview, maybe a post game, I can't remember where, but I heard the audio quote of it. And he was saying like, oh no, it was uh, through Jason Quick. It was some reporting from Jason Quick. And he was, and Billups was talking about like, I telling Damon CJ, I don't need you guys to absolutely lock down your man and, and be all world defenders. But what I need from you to do is contain the guy for two to three dribbles. Can you, the guy can't get one dribble and beat you. You can't lose guys that way because there's no way that our defense is able to be set by that point. Nobody has time to read and react to what everybody else is doing. But if you can at least keep your guys for two to three dribbles, that gives time that gives everybody else time. Some of these smart defenders that we do have such as Nurk and especially Rocco to read and react to what is happening on the court and adjust accordingly and provide help where needed. 
That's fair. And I did want to vindicate you because I, I, I see what you're saying uh, partially. So while the Blazers are equally bad in the how well the opponents are shooting from three, you are right. They are giving up way more corner threes. So they're 28th in the number of those corner threes that they're allowing. And they're only 19th in the number of the rest of threes that they're allowing. Yeah, however, see, so they're, yeah, however, their, their ranking can be the same, but the, when you're giving up the easiest, one of the easiest sure. shots in basketball more. But, yes. So you're slightly vindicated. However, just to say that they're still 25th in how many threes they're giving up overall. Mm-hmm. And that's really bad. And even though they're giving up fewer non-corner threes, opponents are still shooting really well from those spots. So here's my point though. Again, like the blazers at this point in the season, Got to give them more time. I mean, I'm going to keep preaching patience. I am still somewhat optimistic because you have to expect the Blazers are what three and five. It's eight games into the season. So I kept saying, give them about 20 games, 25 games. So you have to preach patience, even when things are going so well. But what I'll say is that I said this on Twitter. If you follow me at golden BDX, I don't recommend it <laughs> right now. The Blazers, you know, if the Blazers are going to be a better defense and above average defense, then they're going to have to work against this increasing sample size that suggests that they're not good at defense, right? So like the longer this goes on, the better they're going to have to play in order to drag their season long average up to something better. You could also argue, Hey, it doesn't matter. It happens right now. As long as they're good going to the playoffs. Okay, fine. But also playoff seeding is a real thing. You, you know, I don't agree with that. The magic number they have to reach by game 20 is seven wins. Why? Uh, because statistically speaking, only two teams over the last 20 years have made the playoffs or, or even made the playoffs when they haven't been able to pull together at least seven wins out of their first 20 games. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good pull. Well, the Blazers still have plenty of time, plenty of games coming up. I, you know, I I think that there's one giant X factor though, that I'd love to argue with you about. Doesn't have to be right now on the show, but like one giant X factor that could totally affect that. So if you want to transition into talking about Damian Lillard, then great. If not, we can go to something else. That's fine. Uh, so yes, in, in, in regards to <laughs> you Dame, look so disappointed, you look like an exasperated parent. You I, just looked at me like you look at your kids. You're like, God, that's fine. That's how you looked. Uh, yeah. That's how I felt. Too. I'm sorry, oh. dad. <laughs> Go to your. I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking it no, back. No, don't take it's my going, Wait, by the way, over there. Actually, I have an announcement to make. So my mom is awesome. So she sent me a birthday card, and she goes, Brandon. I wanted to get you a really cool Blazers sweater, but I, w- I was concerned that I'd get you the wrong one or the wrong size. So instead, I sent you some money for you to buy your own. Ryan, she didn't give me 20 bucks. She didn't give me 50 bucks. Mom sent me 150 bucks, which is way too much. So I'm going to get like the really? nicest. Have you been to the team store? You still may need to throw in some of your own scratch. 150 bucks, man. There's there's some ex- expensive shit on there. I'm going to get so uh, you're disappointing me. But the point is, I'm going to get like the best Blazers gear that I've ever gotten in my whole life, because usually what I get are jerseys that are on sale or whatever. Um, anywho, you took away my my birthday gift. You're disappointed in me. I can see it in your face. It's fine. Um, I, I had a transition all worked up. I was ready to go into it. And then you just went. Or if you want to talk about Dame next. I admit you that I'm a little it. bit you higher energy right now. So I'll, I'll tone it down. <laughs> yeah. Tone down the T. So, <laughs> so professional segue aside, Dame shooting struggles have, have continued. And, you know, as of last night, it came out that he's claiming that he has uh, aggravated his uh, longstanding 
abdominal injury. I don't buy it. You do and want him to sit for a month. What do you mean you don't buy it? I Okay. Here's my point on this. Yo. So, Damien, I, I, I got a few quotes queued up. Uh, yeah, let me go back. When was this? So, While you're looking for that, let me just quickly say in 10 seconds. I already Damien, got it. So you already fine. lost your chance. Yeah. No, go ahead. Damian Lillard has historically been very reticent to talk about when he's injured. So if he is saying that he's dealing with something, it's probably even worse than what he's saying. Not better. Okay. That's glad my point. You, glad you said that because I'll prove you wrong here. So after the Clippers game on Friday uh, or last Friday evening, um, that was when he had said he had emerged from his slump because he went five to seven from three, scored or uh, scored twenty five points. Nikita the fourth quarter rally Isn't that, that led the him. opposite of what he said. Didn't he say that? Oh, I that, have... that 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 we're bup, getting bup, there. Bup, bup, bup. You know, and so when he was asked about it uh, and breaking out of his slump, he said, I've been around long enough to know it's part of the game. I've had stretches where I score 50 points a game for four or for four games. You can't rely or you can't enjoy that without knowing uh, that when shit goes south, that's also part of the game. He uh, famously then had on Twitter, I think, replying to a tweet saying that I'll let nine years uh, or how do you want to compare like nine years to four games or whatnot? Flash forward after that 76ers game, and he's again asked about his recent struggles on the court by Tim Bond attempts at ESPN and Lillard says, I always look at struggles as an opportunity to show my true character. Uh, let me see. Do, 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 do. Uh, scroll down, pay no attention while I'm stalling for time. There we go. Okay. Uh, at the end of everything, him talking about how he, he thrives in adversity and all that, uh, he made it clear that there's no reason for his slump. And he goes, and this is just back in the 76ers game. I have no excuses. Uh, Lillard said, adding that he doesn't have any injury issues either after dealing with an abdominal problem in team USA at the Olympics this summer. I don't know what y'all want me to say about it. I prepared well for this season. My mind is clear. My body is right. I don't have no reason for it. I don't have nothing to lean on. I'm not shooting the ball well. And for a team to be successful, I've got to shoot the ball better. And I accept that. I know that I'm going to shoot the ball better and I know that, or, and I know what it's going to look like. And I've done it many times, but it has nothing to do with my body, not, or, or my body, not being right. That was just back at the 76ers game. So by your own words, Dame is a straight shooter when it comes to his injury no. struggles. Well, okay. Fine. I said the opposite but, of that. <laughs> sorry. Anyways. But so even after this, <laughs> how dare shot, you? 76ers game. He says nothing's wrong. Right. His shooting slump continues. There was okay. a, he took a he took a couple awkward falls last night. Now I'm not necessarily denying that this is that he dealt with it and there was a flare up. You pointed out I think a couple times watching the game last night that you know some of his drives to the rim were uninspired. Uh, oh, he he, he didn't necessarily <laughs> look right. Some of his shooting stuff was off. And with an abdominal injury, a lot of people don't realize that that is literally like a lot of it deals with your trunk motion. So when your you're doing body, your drive, it's like everything that you, yes. everything that you do. Yeah. And so see, this is an injury that Dame originally suffered. I want to say in his second year of his career, I want to say he had uh, a severe second degree abdominal strain. So that's a partial tear, if not just almost a tear. And so with his rehab and how that healed and whatnot, he will always end up dealing with a first degree strain on this. And it always seems that when there are, 
are struggles. And when he is that it, the team is quick or Lillard is quick to somewhat put it out there that, Oh, this thing's kind of acting up. So it's like you go from one game in the 76ers where he's playing like crap. And he says, I don't have nothing to lean on. I'm not hurt to then that going to the Cavs game to then he very quickly jumped on that narrative because you could visibly tell. So yes, maybe there was a little bit of gamesmanship here, but I'm not, it, I'm not buying that it's as serious and especially seeing as that this is something that he's dealt with for a very long time. Now also on Twitter last night, I kind of roasted you for it. Let me, let me go on my long rant and then I'll give you your rebuttal. I, I kind of roasted <laughs> you a little bit for it. You would. Yeah. All right. You, no, hold you, on a second. You, okay, you posited right, that he should take a month off for rest. Why? That is asinine because again, if this is a, a nagging injury, that he, something he is going to deal with for the rest of his career from that original injury, a month off for rest isn't going to do jack squat. Okay. Prepare to have your argument obliterated like the Death Star. So first of all, first of all, Damian Lillard hasn't looked right all season. Wow. And Damian Lillard denies that he's injured. Oh, I'm shocked. The guy who literally never admits when he's injured until he absolutely has to say something. The guy who was pissed at his teammates during the Olympics when it got leaked that he was dealing with that ab injury. And that's why he played crappy during the Olympics. The guy who's had to play these shortened, truncated seasons in weird weird circumstances then he goes to the olympics now he's playing the season again he's looked crappy all year so yeah like that doesn't surprise me it doesn't surprise pick a me new injury pick a new injury you can't lean on this nagging one otherwise just why play I'm, it at well, all you got it's to go on your up you got to go on your rant actually you're free to interject at any time that's part of the fun but okay so pick a new injury first of all that's so weird second of all here's my theory behind it okay again It's something where he is getting older, something he's dealt with a lot, right? So as you Mm -hmm. age, your ability to recover is impacted to some degree, right? My my liver can attest. Your liver can attest, (laughs) right? Uh, Thank God Dave's not an alcoholic. But so that's that's shots fired. The dude said, (laughs) "I didn't say you were." I said, "I'm glad he's not." It was insinuated. The dude is 31, and again, he went from weird truncated NBA season to the Olympics, where he was clearly laboring. Probably didn't have enough time to recover. He was, to my eye, clearly laboring again for the entire season. Some of his shots look short. Some of his drives look awful. And now last night, he finally says, oh, yeah, I'm actually dealing with it. So my theory is this, to your point about, like, that rest won't do anything. Well, every other year, he's had more rest. So obviously, it helps a little bit. Plus, he's slightly older. Plus, it's probably more aggravated now than it has been in the past. So he needs to rest. And you're right. Like, you use your core for everything driving three-point shots warming up when you get out of bed so it's like to me it's not that complicated he has a quasi chronic injury that demands management mm-hmm. and he needs to manage it and by manage it i mean stop playing for a while so and i said a month you know i'm just I, I i'm not a doctor i don't know but he needs to rest for some period of time I hear your girlfriend in there. Go tap her in. She's in the medical field, right? Let's Dr. get the expert. <laughs> yeah. So I, I doubt to be fair. I, I don't think that, you know, Cassie is not a, what's the, 
what's the word that you call people who deal with like, I don't know, sports, uh, sports medicine, medicine doctors or osteopaths. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the medical jargon. Osteo osteopath sounds like that's, sociopath that's bones. I think osteopaths <laughs> are bones. So, but the point is the point is Ryan again, chronic injury. He's dealt with it for a long time. He's slightly older. He had less time to recover. He aggravated during the Olympics and he's looked like crap all season. I think it's that simple. I don't think it's that complicated. So if the, to, to our point earlier, if the Blazers are without Damian Lillard for a while, they've already not been playing well. He's already been having trouble assimilating into what he's been asked to do. He's been kind of reverting into the normal Dame pick and roll ISO hero ball stuff. So that's even less time for the team to, to continue getting to know each other and acclimating. This could be weird stuff, but I personally as a fan don't want to see him keep playing. I would like to see him rest. Eh, keep him in. He's got to, the team's got to acclimate. Team's got to work its way around it. Hypothetical question. So if he continues playing Ryan and mm-hmm. he aggravates it so badly that he tears something or he suffers a compensatory, a compensatory injuries, a compensatory injury, he suffers mm-hmm. an injury because he's trying to like hold this up and then he hurts his leg or something. Aren't you going to feel like shit? My friend, Wouldn't no. you'd rather just gone back in time and told him to take a rest like I'm doing because I'm so sensible. Like that's, no. that's my point. Like, no. It could be worse. Yeah. Some mean, eh, dude, like it could be you need him healthy for the, <laughs> the playoffs. You need him healthy so that he they can make the system. playoffs without him. Well, okay, let's say worst case scenario, he sits for a month, which by the way, like the worst case scenario could be worse. He could go out next game and he could like tear an ab muscle. Like, I mean, he could be uh, so whatever. If he sits for a month and the Blazers mm-hmm. are, you know, well below 500, I would rather they be well below 500 with a healthy Damian Lillard than slightly below 500 with a not at all healthy Damian Lillard. That's my take. Eh. I just, I'm amazed that it only took eight games of the season before we already got to the rest dame bench dame. He's too hurt. We need him to sit. That's, that's gotta be this way. The whole season, (laughs) that's gotta be an all time freaking fastest. It's come to it. No, 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 no. This is not coming out of nowhere. This is not just a common slump. If you've been watching Damian Lillard, which you have, you mm-hmm. have seen he doesn't look the same. It's you, you. People have been noticing this since game one. He doesn't look the same. It's not complicated. Yeah. I just don't think sit him. Let him play through it. Let him work. I would. So I'm going to challenge you between now and next week, and hopefully nothing weird happens between now and then. Are you going to come make up me with bet a bet on if Dame is injured? Bet? No, I need you to come okay. up with a more robust <laughs> argument than meh. Because it's actually kind of a big deal. It's sort of like the entire hey, season hinges on yeah, this. But guess what? Nobody's going to convince Dame to sit if he doesn't want to sit. Yeah, he's but we can argue re- about it. He's, he's the most stubborn. It's pointless to argue about it because he's what the most stubborn. What if he is listening to We Like the Blazers right now and he goes, yeah, Brandon, that's a pretty good point. DM us and come on and Dame can tell you why you're dumb too. <laughs> I just, anyway, so, all right. I just, I, let's, it's let's a, revisit it's a this. No, nobody's, nobody's going to convince him. Dame will be the one to tell people when he wants to sit and when it's bad enough and he will play through a lot of pain. And until he decides that he needs to sit and it's for the betterment because it's too detrimental to his health. I'm not going to be concerned about it. Dame knows his body and his mindset and what he can push himself to way better than we can. I think that's a different discussion. Cause yeah, you're right. Like he's going to be the one to make the call, mm-hmm. but it could get worse and it already looks pretty bad. I mean, last thing on this, did you see the drive that he made near the end of the game on Mobley? He turned the corner going left 
and it looked like he got a flat fucking tire and he got swatted out of the universe. We've seen Dame blow by people, guards, wings, bigs, the most athletic shot blockers in the league, blow by them, get to the rim, go reverse, draw fouls, make the lands. He looked like me. I it thought was he was so it, pathetic. It, it was to, really sad to see. To me, it looked like he was expecting a lot more contact than he got. And if he is sore, he didn't necessarily want to go full speed into contact. He, that, that, that to me looked a little like uh, some uh, free throw hunting as opposed to trying to make a legit hard drive to the basket to get like an and one. I think that's very optimistic because normally when players do that, they get far enough ahead and then slow down. He didn't have the burst. He couldn't yeah, even that, get yeah, there. But they, aren't, they aren't calling those slowdown fouls this year. You're seeing that a lot with that's part of that rule change. They aren't calling those as much where yeah, you're, I mean, you're, I guess where you're slowing or you're slowing yourself down to bait a defender into running into you. I'm just looking at that anymore. That's fine. I I think that you're wrong, but maybe you're right. I just, I've seen enough Damian Lillard drives to know what it looks like when he drives. We've seen what he can do when he gets to the rim. It doesn't matter who it's against. We've seen what that looks like. And that didn't look like it at all. It looked sad. So, you know, hopefully you're right. I want you. Yay. I want to be wrong. I want you to be right. I want him to be fine. I want him to be not dealing with anything and for this to be totally mental because if it is he'll break out of it and we're going to forget all about this it's not going to be a big deal if he's dealing with a chronic injury that's worse now than it ever has been we're going to be talking about this a lot and it's going to suck so I hope I'm wrong so speaking of Dame we'll just move this right into he sat down with Chris Haynes Chris Haynes just came out with this nice long in-depth piece uh, um, talking to or with getting a lot of Dame's quotes and again Chris Haynes I mean he I think he at this point he just hands Dame the keyboard and says what quotes would you like me to do you don't have to tell me you can just type them yourself good for chris Uh, he's a good dude he deserves it yeah and uh i mean hell success story coming from portland if you want to talk about some guy who built his way up became who he is uh but yeah so he he talked to dame about all the off-season drama and everything that was involved and 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 what his mindset was and what made uh what went into his decision making process and and i'll ask you what you took away from it but uh real quick for me I'm going to wave my little, I was right flags because I was trumpeting constantly that both things can be true. Everyone wanted to shit on, you know, Henry Abbott and his reporting for saying Dame's going to ask out and request a trade, blah, blah, blah. And then Dame coming and saying, you know, uh, well, I'm not certain of my future and every, and then, you know, now at the end closer, it got to the season when he's like, you know, I'm fully committed. I'm two feet in 10 toes in whatever the hell analogy he used, you know, and everybody now trying to go back revisionist history. See, Dame was never going to leave. This article points out that both things were true. Dame wanted to stay but he was more than willing to entertain the idea of going elsewhere. Yeah. And is, is, is that the impression you got? Because like, to me, this piece really like, it was almost like a husband, like they went into detail about him talking to, uh, he, he took a meeting with LeBron James. LeBron invited him to his house. He's like, Hey, come up, have dinner. Anthony Davis was there and they're all just shooting the shit. Dame knew that was a recruiting pitch. He knew that was a recruiting pitch. The story doesn't necessarily say that, but I mean, Dame's not an idiot. That was a recruiting pitch by LeBron James. And he sat down to dinner and whatnot, but like that whole Lakers aspect story of that, where it's talking about like, yeah, I went there and then we were eating this and AD was there and we're shooting the shit about like, Oh, this is what it could look like. And Oh, not saying that I was planning to, but like, this is what it could look like. And then, you know, I was only an hour and a half and then I left. But before I, before I left, he gave me, 
a whole tour of his mansion and, and whatnot. Like that just strikes me. I think here's the exact text I sent somebody regarding how I took this story. It, it's like a husband coming to his wife and going, come on, honey. I didn't think at the time when, or when I went to hang over at the porn stars house that they would try to sleep with me. And when they kept bringing it up, I, I left immediately uh, after going and taking a tour of the sex dungeon. My hands are clean. I did nothing wrong. Like you're comparing LeBron James's house to a sex dungeon, to a porn stars house with a sex dungeon. Yes. LeBron James is one of the most wholesome family men in the NBA. How dare you? Um, how did I take this story? I took it similar to you where Damian Lillard, again, 31 years old, hasn't had a ton of postseason success in Portland. He was, I think, doing due diligence. I think he's mm-hmm. going to continue doing due diligence. And, you know, it's hard for me at this point, like to, it was easier earlier in the off season when Damian Lillard was saying, Hey, I want roster upgrades. I want to win a championship. It was a lot Mm -hmm. easier to be like, okay, he's given Portland time. It's like now or never. Mm -hmm. But since then he has said more of the kind of effusely pro positive um, or pro Portland stuff that we've, we're used to hearing him say for many, many years, the 10 toes in rip city going on Instagram and, you know, rapping about how he's going to die on his shield. And it's all about Portland. I'm not going to chase a ring. And I, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like Giannis Antetokounmpo won a title in Milwaukee. How cool is that? So Which was a factor for him in that story, yeah. Sure, as yeah. Well. So he's he's now after an off season where his his the way he talked about this stuff shifted a lot. It's now shifted back to all of the stuff that he used to say before that we were used to as fans. Which, so, by the way, smart on his part because otherwise it's gonna if you don't absolutely quell that from a PR standpoint. Guess what you're gonna get asked in every fucking press conference you do. I think so. That, that you're yeah, that's, that makes sense there. I think you're onto something. So that could mean basically one of two things and the first one is that means Damian Lillard's gonna be here forever okay well the second Mm. thing it could mean is that Damian Lillard functionally he wants the same things as he said just a few months ago he wants to win a championship in Portland he wants to win a championship and you know wants a roster that reflects that and that yeah that him going to LeBron keeping his options open learning about it that's fine um and that what he's doing now is a PR move to quell any questions about it I think that's a very reasonable take that's I tend to think that's probably what it is but I also think ultimately Damian Lillard and and Neil Olshay have been talking about what they want to have happen and it my optimistic I know I'm rambling a lot my Mm -hmm. optimistic total naive Pollyanna hope is that there is some secret plan that Dame and Olshay have and they haven't executed it yet. And so Dame is like, Oh, I know what's going to happen with the roster or some version of that. I know, but I'm just saying like, that's possible too. So it is. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. And you know, I don't know. That, that's he, had, he had some fun little cheap jabs in that article too. I translate them to being directly shot at Paul George and uh, Russell Westbrook <laughs> uh, with when he was talking about, you know, you, you see these, these players that they ask for trades. They want to get moved because they want a chance to win a ring or in this super team over here. And then it doesn't work. And then the team trades them here and now they're here and they're in like their third team in four years. Uh, Russell Westbrook down to Oklahoma city, out to Washington. Now back out to the Lakers, Paul George, famous, going out to Oklahoma city and then down to the Clippers doing all this sort of chasing, you know, where it 
all the leverage right now, and, and this is where it does make sense. All the leverage right now is in Dame's hands because he can get what he wants to go where he wants. But right now he's made the say and has the say, and he even did say in the article that he likes Portland. He, when he's done playing, he'll come back to Portland, but you know, regardless. Um, but if he moves, he loses that leverage. He can, he can be traded to a title contender now. And if it doesn't work and they need to dump space or get cheap or something or a rebuild happens, they can move him on because right now he's still worth draft picks. And so who's to say him deciding that he wants to go to contender X doesn't mean that he's on a different, or he's on like a third team three years from now. I think that's a really interesting point. And I think it's one that we don't talk about enough. Is it you're right. This could get super dark for Dame really quick if he turns into the 34-year-old journeyman point guard, the Kyle Lowry, but without a ring, right? Like his, yeah, yeah. well, yeah, his, well, Chris Paul... Chris Paul's a little bit different because Chris Paul's legacy is like instant hall of famer. Cemented, yeah. Damian Lillard's getting close to that point anyway, but like, yeah, like you're right. Like maybe Damian Lillard did take the temperature and it's like, well, the chances of any given player winning a title during their career, it's pretty low actually. Right. Yeah. So, and this could get dark for him. If he does, he goes from the wizards to the Pacers to, you know, name the team. Yeah. And that's a good point. But if Damian Lillard stays in Portland, then it's like, you know, I mean, there are lots of players that we know who haven't won a title, who stayed with their franchise the entire time. And they, Dirk, they have, damn near most of it. Yeah. Oh, it could have been almost was Dirk. I mean, people like Reggie Miller. Um, mm-hmm. There are lots of players you could think of. I mean, it, actually, there are a couple who like went to a team like at the very, very end of their career. But anyway, but yes, maybe he made that calculation. So that's a good point. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Cause uh, and then he tied that in too to like with his family, like he's got over, I think he had said like 50 family members or whatnot live, live up here that you know are tied in and tied in the community a bunch of them go to the game sit in the family section as i can attest to i think i sat next to his wife at one of the games and cj's girlfriend at the time at at, you know at a game when cj got me tickets up up in that section so i mean yeah it's just absolutely loaded with with the family and you know if his a lot of his family moved up here and he's been up here for a decade and they've established themselves and now he's married has three kids and is looking at raising a family you know if he moves does he move his family with him? Does he leave them here? What goes on? How does that impact everybody else? So he takes a lot more bigger look at it than some people that, like I said, you know, taking those shuttle subtle little jabs at, at certain players. So yeah, it's, it's, it's uh it was a fun little dichotomy. Like I said, I, I read through it and I was like, yeah, this again, sounds like he talked to LeBron. He talked to Anthony Davis. He talked to his management. He talked to his family about it. And there was a lot of people that he had discussions with about, should I leave? Should I do this? It's no wonder that kind of stuff leaked out. And obviously through the game of telephone sourcing gets a little effed up, but I won't lie from me reaching out and asking it was someone extremely close to Lillard that falls in some of those groups that leaked some of this story that Henry Abbott got absolutely roasted for. So there's truth in that bucket and there's truth in the denial. So, I mean, there's that. And so I guess last little thing, anything else you got to add on that? Not on this. Okay. I got some quick hitters though. At some point, some quick hitters. All right. Well, great. Let me, let me do one really quick. 
Okay. Cause, cause I got a, I got a, I got a section here for, for a quick hitter. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, let me just say, if you would like to talk about stuff like the Damian Lillard, Chris Haynes story, you should consider joining a Twitter space. That's opened up 10 minutes post game, every game by at sheriff of PDX. His name is Seth. He opens these Twitter spaces where you can join. They're kind of like, you know, live podcasting things where you can ask to speak. It's kind of like, you know, green room or locker room, but on Twitter, I joined one yesterday. It was super fun. We had Dia from Blazers Edge there. Um, they actually had Chris Haynes in their Twitter space chat uh, before the game, which is pretty dope. So you should check it out. We talked a little bit about it there, and it was a lot of fun. So that's it. All right. So now into, now into the actual little tidbits, quick hitters, and what I am going to call the tickle trunk of Trailblazer tidbits. Wait a minute. Didn't we make a deal here? Didn't we say that you wouldn't say tickle trunk if I didn't say cockles of my soul? Well, guess what, buddy? You're going to look straight into those cockles from now until the end of time. If you keep using that phrase, I swear. I swear. This uh, this argument is for one person and one person only. Okay. Let's hear it. But anyways, the tickle trunk of Trailblazer tidbits. See, and I'm just trying to throw in as many T words as humanly possible too, but the tickle trunk of trailblazer tidbits. So the new city edition jerseys were released by Nike and these, these are called the mixtape jerseys. You're giving them a wah. Wah. I effing love them. Why? It's literally a worse version of something that already done before. (laughs) Don't. Well, that's the whole point. It's a mixtape. So they're going back to the 1977 championship and they're going back to the two times that the Blazers made the finals and they're incorporating aspects of all those jerseys in there. Like I've seen a couple of the other jerseys that are out there, the the Blazers, they're still ranking near the top. And for me, simple as though is better, by the way, this is also coming from someone to take it with a grain of salt. Those Brown stupid things from last year can die in a fire. And if I never see them again, I'll be happy. But but the Browns actually grew on me after a while. They look, they look better than where I looked at them, but yeah, not my favorite. Here's one of the weird things and Nike's really good at this, but here's one of the weird things I've noticed with a lot of these city editions and special edition jerseys. Uh, Even if the jerseys are a little questionable, the outfits around them, like the hoodies or the shirts or whatnot that they put out where they get a little more creative license because it's not what's being worn on the court. So for one, you're not getting that stupid, uh, whatever the brand logo thing is on it, but the, the outfits and whatnot with these new Jersey designs are sometimes significantly better. Like there was a few hoodie designs that I saw with those crap Oregon jerseys from last year that I was like, that's actually not that bad, but I'm dying on this hill of that. I hate these things, so I can't buy it. (laughs) Yeah. I gave them a D I actually did one of those tier maker rankings of all 30 jerseys. Uh, and actually my B C and D tier were all, um, pretty full of jerseys and the blazers made the D tier. So not quite F it's just, the thing is they look like something you'd find at TJ Maxx. It looks like they took, you know, it's the, like you said, can it be priced that way too? That would be great. Uh, (laughs) I don't understand fundamentally the kind of the, the seventies retro rip city font, which is the best font. Again, they've already done a better version. It's the the honoring the 77 championship, but then they combine it with the late nineties numbers and it looks super weird. It doesn't go together. The nineties finals it doesn't get western conference finals it doesn't oh finals no you're right it doesn't go together it doesn't look right but i will say this it's a mixtape it's supposed to mesh but it doesn't it looks like shit 
and meanwhile you have teams i think this was like unanimously the best one the charlotte hornets i'm curious yes. if you have a co- okay so amazing they have the gradient from dark blue to light blue with the gradient from honeycomb to non-honeycomb and then the beautiful script of charlotte that mm-hmm. is how you mash up it looks awesome but the blazers does not look as awesome my friend so i don't oh. know I guess we know where you're not spending your 150 bucks this year, but unless you nope. got anything, unless you got anything else, Brandon, uh, I think you got a birthday dinner. You got to start making it too. So, uh, wait a minute. Well, I have a couple more things to hit really fast though. Uh, first oh. of all, okay. We put a call out for questions on Twitter. I did it too late. I apologize. Two quick questions. One from Justin at drunken rip city. We already talked about this, but quickly your reaction. Do you think that Dame is playing through soreness and fatigue like yes. usual, but the real issue is that Billups wants him to pass and defend more, which is causing him to rethink how he has played his whole life no is part of it the system no Uh, i actually do think part of it is the system so thank you for that question and the second one is from scrappy mutt at scrappy mutt admittedly tin tin foil hat theory the creativity of Stotts's offense and out of timeouts helped dane become such a deadly offensive weapon and he's struggling because Stotts is gone also ignore my previous message while reading this no problem uh so you already said not the system so you still Correct. say not the system i think Correct. it's partly the system one more thing i wanted to ask about and then we can leave coach okay. phillips yesterday after the loss he said on closing with four guards around yusuf nurkic he said quote well we weren't stopping him anyways your quick reaction to that just tell him the truth oh my god fine we'll table that for later i actually think that that is like not a good response from him again mr accountability no, I, don't, I, I don't want coach speak lies mr accountability and mr defense is not only going back to what didn't work for the blazers he's also just abandoning his whole thing about being mr accountability and mr defense if you want to hear more arguments like this and more you can check us out at like the blazers on twitter at we like the blazers.com i'm brandon at goldner pdx that is ryan at the witty ryan we appreciate you all thank you all until next time go blazers Go Blazers.